Todd and Rob in the afternoon. Hey, afternoon delight. With Todd and Rob. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Here we are for another edition of the new media show, one week away from NAB. So, uh, actually, a little more than a week, but uh, we'll be preparing to leave next week for NAB. Yeah, that's true. It's true. It's coming up quick, and we're doing a on stage live session of this uh, show at the event. So, so I've, uh, I've been a uh, busy, busy, I mean, it's just been crazy nuts, uh, but very, very productive over the past couple of weeks. And uh, my, uh, my calendar schedule looks like it, but one thing I'm starting to, to feel, and it, it's only a feeling, and I titled the show this way today, is it dog eat dog in podcasting right now? <laughs> well, the question is, um, when hasn't been, hasn't it? Been well, dog dog in I, I feel, you know, it, 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 it appears. And again, maybe I'm just, you know, I'm hypersensitive when I look at stuff. It feels as if uh, some folks are, you know, starting to pick sides and maybe in, in instances where they shouldn't pick sides. and. Uh, I, I find it curious, uh, indeed. And you just always wonder if there's, uh, if there's cash involved in, in some of this. So, you know, I, I don't know. We'll just have to have to look at, uh, long-term relationships and see where things are going. Yeah. I think it's somewhat to be expected that in a down economy and resources are not flowing around as much more freely as they were just maybe six months or a year ago that, um, people might be, you know, hunkering down and protecting their turf, uh, more and more just as a, as a survival instinct, I think to some degree. And, and I, you know, that's probably expected. I think we saw that happen back in 2008, 2009 too. Um, but I think the stakes are a lot higher now, obviously. Um, from all the investment that's been made in this medium and the expectations have definitely escalated. Um, so I can see it happening that way. Yeah. And I, I'm probably a, a little bit of an anti example of that, uh, pulling, pulling back from being on a side, I'm kind of on the side of everybody right now, as much as I can. So, um, and trying to push the industry forward today was my last, uh, Board meeting call for the podcast academy. So oh, did you I'm not get reelected? No, I did not get reelected, and that's uh-huh. that's okay with me. I I served for three years, and now it's time for someone else to to step up. So well, that's good. Well, it's uh, it frees up your time. It wasn't like you were getting paid for that anyway. No, that's true. That's true. So, and a lot of the the founding board members um, of the organization that have been with the board for three years, like myself, um, most of them are, are leaving. So it's a fresh, fresh group on that board now. So, and we will see what they do. I mean, I've been a little bit critical as of late. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see, you know, and that I, I hope the organization can move beyond just being an award show. Um, I, I really well, do. That'll always be the kind of a core foundation of what, what it's known for. Um, I think, I think the goals of the organization right now are to expand more globally. They're involved in an event in, in, uh, Mexico city coming up here in June. 
so there's an effort to have a partnership with the podcast show in London. So I think that there, there is a movement towards making the organization more global in its scope and where that takes that organization is a, is a question mark right now. Well, a, a more global in more global in scope, but is it just to have more awards? You know, that's, that's the thing I wonder. Well, I think it's a lot to do with trying to expand the membership base of the organization. And, and I think that outside of the United States has felt a little bit excluded. Um, so if there's programs that could be initiated that happen outside of the U S um, you know, symbolized by this um, Mexico city event and being a part of the podcast show for the first time, uh, I think is a uh, symbolic to the effort to reach outside of the boundaries of the U S. So again, to what means, all right, let's right. grow, let's grow the membership. And then what are you going to do? Well, it's, the- it, it's been focused on the core pieces of the organization for a long time, you know, the educational side, professional development, but and the that, mentorships. people don't, we're not seeing that. Well, okay. Well then what, what is the, the potential that the, that organization, it's not going to do like what the, the, the podcast standards project is going to do. I think the majority of people, mm-hmm. me included, that pay our dues every year, think mm-hmm. that all they're doing for the podcast at this point is an award show. Okay. And uh, we just so got to. Why boot- is that wrong, Todd? If that's all they're going to do, then, yep. then be clear about it. But that wasn't what the goal was when the organization started. By the way, 12,000 sats mm-hmm. from Dave Jones. We're lit and live. TPA seems like a self-licking ice cream cone. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. I think we just had bigger expectations for the Podcast Academy. What, what is the expectations? The expectations was education. Which the, they're, they're actually doing. But I don't see anything come across any email or anything talking about education. Where where are they getting that information to the membership? I mean, where where, where is what that? Are they where doing? yeah, where and what? You know, I, I'm sorry, I don't see it. Yeah, there's a Slack channel, you know, where people self congratulate themselves for being nominated for the awards. But there's, I, I don't know. I I just who who are they helping at this point? That's that's my concern is it, you know, if it's just going to be an awards uh, group, great. I'm going to, I'm, I'm out, you know? Um, but I just, I don't know. I just don't see them out advocating for podcastings beyond the, the award show. Maybe I'm missing something. Well, they have a, a regular flow of, um, of events and webinars and, and, and things like that. that but where is that getting announced? Getting announced in the newsletters and off of their website. And, uh, um, I'm going to tell you. Pod news. Had and, nary a clue. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, they have a full-time, you know, education director. What? Works. Yeah. This is so, news. It's like, how come we don't know about this? They're not communicating that they're doing that. If I don't know that, that this is happening. I can't really address that. Todd, okay. That's, it's been, it's been going on for a couple of years now. So did anybody know. else that's listening to the show know that they're doing educational webars at TPA? I'm, I'm just, 
I'd love to see what they're done them myself. How many people are attending those? (laughs) How many people are attending those events? I don't know. If they they should be okay. Well, this is I think this is part of the problem, and this is why I keep hearing from a lot of people. What are they doing for podcasters? I don't think a lot of us are are engaged in under. They're not communicating that well. You're you're out, so it's not your issue anymore. But the, if, well, I mean, I'm I'm just saying that I think that the accusations that are being made towards the organization are maybe a little unfair. So that that would be my my pushback on it. Would be that I'm. You know, I've been on the board for three years now, and I know exactly what the organization is doing. Um, so it, it just may not be reaching your visibility, and that's that's definitely a problem that needs to be addressed. I agree with you. Yeah. Um, but you know, these are significant programs that the organization is investing in and actively doing on a regular basis. So they need to do a better job of communicating that. I guess I was part of their mentor program the first mm-hmm. year. And had two meetings with a podcaster mm-hmm. and that was it. And okay, what, what else are we supposed to be doing? You know, what? It, there was no feedback to organization, nothing. It was just, I'm on the website now, I'm looking at events, masterclass, mm-hmm. online member socials, never heard about those. Well, they've been going on for years now. So on a, on a monthly basis at a minimum, right? Then they need to start they need to start communicating some of this. Because I'm sorry, I'm not I'm not hearing it. I'm you know, and I am I'm a member. I read their newsletters. So Okay. Says on their events page, most of the events are labeled members only. Seems like a homeowners association. <laughs> Twelve thousand you know, it, you do have to be a member, you know, to attend these events. I guess that's that's well, I mean, Eve, I mean, it, I mean, some of the events are public, and some of them are for members. And if you're going to build a membership organization, you have to have events that are for your members, right? right? Else, there's no point in joining, right? And so, it, and at the same at the same moment, I'm definitely concerned, even with the PSP. Uh, okay, now we've made this coming. We've kind of had this coming out party. Mm-hmm. Got the website up. Now, where does the business happen? You know, where is the business of the group going to happen? And are we going to have just everything happening on GitHub where the geeks hang out? And mm-hmm. I don't think it, uh, there is, GitHub is a great place to do technical discussions, but I don't think it's a place to grow an organization. So, you know, I, I think at this point, they, they want to be open and, and showing all this stuff. But at some point, if there is going to be, because right now the the standard is a proposal. Mm-hmm. It's not so, so. Who and what are going to vote on and all this stuff? I I guess you know that is that needs to be formed up at this point. But again, we're all busy, so mm-hmm. so it's it's not just it, it's tough. It's tough to do these organizations and get them building growth. But uh, I I just think that the podcast academy can could do a better job. Um, oh sure, I, I don't think you'd hear anybody on the board disagree with you. I think that they're they're actively trying to come up with ideas, and that's that's one of the things that uh, was discussed on the board call today was um, new initiatives, ways that we can be creative in the market to to uh, reach more people and to to benefit more so, podcasts. So, are they taking input from the membership on 
types of concerns like I have? Yeah, I would say, you know, the new, new, there's eight more new board members from outside that have joined. Have they announced, all, have they announced who those people are? I don't believe that they've made an official that, announcement yet see, on who they are yet. <laughs> they, they inducted people into the board today and they haven't made an announcement. Isn't that a problem? I wouldn't say it's a problem. It's just, they haven't announced it yet because that, that board is just now, um, coming, coming together and trying to, to think about the processes of them getting involved. And so, but they had a big, they had a big voting session and now we're okay. What's the results of the voting? When, when did the membership get to know that? I believe they're going to announce it probably this week. Probably I would imagine. Uh, I got you. I'm getting a little, you know, who's on the board. So, right, right. I'm getting a little crickle crackle in my ear. I don't know why you hear that. Mm -mm. Okay. Something on my side. You know, I think that your point about the, the podcast standards project is, is a valid one too. What's the, what's the real business objective of that organization too? And, and does it serve a, a purpose beyond just a small group of companies? Well, I, Um, I wrote the membership document, so I keep asking them, is this going to be applicable? Are we going to have, are we actually going to have, um, you know, uh, is this going to be announced? Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, I think you have to be realistic about things too, um, that, that it takes time to do things first of all. And it also takes, you know, dedication and focus. And it usually happens from a small group of people, um, that do most of the work. So sometimes those people can be a little overwhelmed and we're busy and to try and make an impact on, on things like this is not an easy project. And, and it may be difficult right now for a lot of organizations and the PSP is probably a, a, a good example of it, of getting financial support from an industry that's maybe hurting a little bit yeah. right now. And it's the same challenge that the podcast Academy has as well. So there's a thousand one sats from Mike Dell listening while live doing billing. And Dave says your audio is a bit fuzzy. Yes. I'm going to go swipe a pot and then I'll be right back. So Rob, if you want to keep talking for 30 seconds okay. while I do this. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's, that's going to be challenge that we're all going to face here in this you know, in the next six months to 18 months is that resources are going to be a little more limited and, and organizations that are trying to do good or trying to make changes or trying to grow and things like that may struggle a little bit over the next uh, period of time here as the economy contracts. And, and like Todd was saying, there's more companies that are, you know, thinking a little bit more on the, on the shrinking side, not the expansion side, right, right now, from a staffing perspective, there is a lot more people that are out of work, which means that there's fewer people bringing in an income right now. Uh, so the investment in the podcasting space is, is a little under pressure right now, uh, because, you know, resources are increasingly becoming more limited. Yeah. I think that's, well, maybe it's a lot better. I don't know. Those of you listening, yeah, let I, me know. Sounds fine to me, Todod. Yeah. There's something going on. I, I've got an ear that it's just driving me crazy because I hear a, a crinkle, crinkle, but maybe it's just on the receive side. Yeah. Cause Todd, I saw in, in, in pod news that the, you know, you look at, like I just did a, a session on clubhouse, um, on podcasting, just, uh, just a few minutes before I joined you here. Um, and, but I guess, um, Spotify is shutting down. It's, 
Clubhouse clone. Yeah, that was um, that was wise money uh, invested, wasn't it? Fifty-seven million. They they bought this platform back in uh, March of twenty twenty one. So did two it, years ago. Did right. it even have a? Uh, I don't even know what platform they bought. I didn't know they had a Clubhouse clone. Yeah, I didn't really know that much about it either. And I guess uh, Reddit had one too. It was called uh, Reddit Talk, which closed last month. And even even Facebook had a live audio rooms platform that I didn't really even know about either. So, you know, that closed in December, I guess. So, you know, but Clubhouse seems to be charging ahead. You know, the their their software has been updated and. There's people putting rooms together over there and it I, seems to be moving forward. I'm so kind of, I'm kind of shocked actually, because <laughs> I haven't heard anybody being on clubhouse in well, a year. There's, there's a regular flow of podcast topics going on over there. Who's um, doing them? Um, Jody Cagle does, does quite a few over there. Uh, She's a, a voiceover artist. So mm -hmm. That's the session that I was, I was involved with today was, you know, talking about podcasting topics. Is so, Steve and his group still over there or are they, have they quit? I'm not sure. I haven't actually looked for, is it, um, club pod? I think is what, what it was called. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I haven't actually looked, looked over there for his, his network, but yeah, they've changed the software a lot. So I, I had a hard time figuring out even how to mute my microphone. <laughs> so. So it was just one of those things of kind of getting back in the the groove of doing, you know, a, a show or two over there. Right. Um, and, and I think it was good. And, you know, I was, but I do think it's interesting, you know, we're seeing a pullback from investment and people shutting things down, you know, I mean, so, you know, that may not be the end of this, I think, as you oh, look it's... to the next, next 18 months, we could see a lot of companies in the podcasting space just kind of like say it's you know, it's not the end of it because i'm getting or, prospectuses are you interested in buying you know i'm that's seeing what happens right and uh some of these have been you know i can't believe they're still actually operating so i think and you think about the combination of that with in, in increasing interest and investment in ai technology is that we may be seeing the the movement towards making existing technology workflows, um, obsolete, uh, as part of this transition as well. So it's, it's a, it's a time of big change. You know, I, I've been playing around a lot with a lot of different platforms to try to get a feel mm -hmm. and I don't want to really reveal everything that I've determined, but I think I said it in the last show, all of those services have about 12 months because the average user. I mean, a lot of them are features, not right. whole companies, right? That's right. That's, that's the challenge that I think AI faces in the market right now is that it, none of them are a complete solution to anything. No. And they're less than perfect. Yeah, well, it's based on less than less than current information. If they're tapping into the G, the the number four platform, the GPT four platform is well, old the, data. Very on, very few people actually have access to Chat GPT four API. Most people are running on three point five. A few people right. are getting access to Chat. So it's GBT. actually worse. <laughs> and it's and Chat GPT four is incredibly expensive. Incredibly expensive. 
It's a so, for-profit company now. So, you know, I think we talked about in this last episode yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but again, profit motive behind it from now. a podcaster standpoint, um, it's actually not for me anyway. And my product production flow, it's costing me time. It's yeah. not a time saver. Because well, it of, changes your workflow. Well, and it, it in a significant it, way, and it may add elements that you had unintended, you know. Consequences. Well, it adds a lot of more time. Right. I figured it adds thirty minutes or more to the production, and the results are no better than what I could do personally. Yeah. At this point. Yeah, because I mean, if you're trying to achieve uniqueness, right, or maybe all of our skills are not that refined around how to query an AI platform to, to, to do what we need. That may be the magic sauce to all this is well, again, questions to ask I and think, how to ask them. I think once people get a clue on how to ask the great questions, they're not going to need all these other tools. They're just going to go to one, they're one just gonna, interface to do everything. Yeah. Right? Well, they're going to, they're going to use the chat GPT interface and do yeah. 90% of everything they need to be done. So again, it's going to boil down really to a couple of things and companies that, again, I'm not going to talk about where I think it's going, but you know, how are we going to help podcasters grow? Is this going to help podcasters grow? And it, there's only one thing that I think currently is going to help podcasters grow in using this technology, but it's not going to be it's not on the production side. It's not on the, on the show notes creation side. That, that is not where, where it's, this is going to help people. I can see a few areas where it could, could, could help, but you know, well, you have to be of... incredibly careful and trusting something to write your show notes and write your episode title. Mm-hmm. And it's got to be smarter than you is what it comes down to. And what it is right now, right. it's, it's not, it's just, if you're a little bit lazy, it maybe helps you from a, you know, not having to think process and that's, yeah, and that's not necessarily good. Right. If it's actually giving me something better than I could have come up with myself, then that's okay. But I think a lot of content creators will become dependent upon it in in a wrong way. And this this thing is driving me crazy. I had to take have to take the right earbud out because it's buzzing in my ear. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I think that the, I agree with you, Todd. I think that the, there are some danger areas of being too reliant on this AI technology, especially at this stage of the game. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just not sure that it's, it's really ready to do what I, I think a lot of people would like it to do. Um, but I do see some promise there or around maybe, you know, a limit, you know, eliminating very repetitious and unnecessary tasks. Um, not as a replacement for the podcaster a hundred percent, but more just, workflows but i don't know if that really requires a lot of ai technology but most podcasters do don't have a workflow per se 
If you're doing an interview show, what are you doing? You're prepping some questions, right? That's your workflow. You're doing the interview and you're well, editing. You're doing a lot of, I mean, you should be doing a lot of research. I don't think most podcasters do an incredible amount of research. And that's where this technology could help. Could. If, if it's current. <laughs> well, you have, no, you that. have to go, here's yeah. the thing. You have to go out and pull a bunch of stuff. Right. And do a bunch of research to know what to feed it. So you have to do the research if you want to feed it the right stuff to get the right output. So what, and then it, you're kind of kind of right. There's no point in doing that, right? Because you've already done, you've already read the research, and yeah, maybe it's going to write you ten questions. So all you're going to do is give the AI kind of learnings that can help make it better, but it's not necessarily helping you. Yeah, well, it might come up with ten questions they ask the guests. You know, yeah. from that data. But if you just ask it to do something raw without providing any input, that's. Yeah. Cause if you give it current information and it's basing its query on older two-year-old information that you're not going to get what you are hoping to get out. And of it doesn't know believe. everything about everybody. No, look <laughs> at the error that it made between us. Right. Just on the last episode that we, we. And cause we, at, did we didn't feed on. it anything. But right. if you feed it your bio and you feed it your Wikipedia page and you feed it five well, articles, you well, if you, <laughs> you can, you know, that's, again, you have to feed right. it a bunch of information before it then gurgitates it all out and says, oh yeah, here's, here's 10 questions to ask. I mean, well, what's it going to do? Rewrite it? Is that what it's going to do? No, it's, it, it, could, it, could, it could rewrite right. an an, an article on them for sure. It could rewrite the bio, but that's not. It depends the, on how bad of a writer you are. It might be better grammar. Who knows? But it, <laughs> you know, it's. I have down definitely found some terrific UK work uh, use cases in the work environment. It don't necessarily cross over to the podcast environment, but again, I think within a year, everyone's going to be using these tools to a certain extent on their own, and again. The companies that are trying to do a flow, they, they, if they haven't got something in place today, like Cap Show or other places like that, they're never going to catch up. Because those, those platforms now have to do something that is going to be way above and beyond anything that will be able to be obtained through just a query. Because well, yeah, I mean... Capture is a good example of using your data and the AI technology to create something that's, that's just for your show. Right. And that's, it's, it's not inputting in a G, you know, GPT four, a very generic question. It's, it's basing it on right. your real data. And, and yep. that's a difference. And, and that is, is a better potential solution. But um, there was I mean, one, it, there's one right. system that I was looking at. I'm not going to name any names here because I'm just, again, I'm playing with half a dozen systems Yeah. that when fed this show and the, and my other show, my tech show, um, it flags stuff on my tech show that it considered to be not brand safe. And it, I specifically said Elon Musk and that immediately flagged is not brand safe. It was red. And Different things I said during my show, it flagged as not brand safe. Now, I don't swear in my show. I cover news topics. 
I give an opinion. There's nothing super controversial about what I say in my podcast. I just inform and give my opinion. Well, the system that I was testing, flag, 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 flag. And I'm like, okay, so this system is saying that these portions of my show are not brand safe. And it pissed me off because it was wrong. There was nothing that I was saying in that commentary that was, was, was not brand safe. And what you're saying, Todd, is that the AI from what you were saying had, had a little bit of a political bias. Oh, absolutely. Unbelievable. And so what happens, this, this is the scary part. What happens when the content creators start using this technology and there's looking at this AI generated score and say, oh, I can't talk about Elon Musk anymore. Oh, I can't talk about this. Oh, I, and all of a sudden there's a list of 25 things that you don't talk about in your show anymore that you want to talk about in your show anymore, but you can't because the stupid system says this show is no longer brand safe. That yeah. is a major, major problem. It creates a form of self self censorship, actually. Right. What it creates an atmosphere where you feel like you can't talk about. It. And this is an issue that's been going on with YouTube for a long time, and why we're seeing shows bifurcate their their publishing process to do some of their show on YouTube, and then the last half of their show on like a Rumble or something right. like that. Right. They feel like they can't talk about certain topics on specific platforms, and that gets back to that example that you just gave us. So. You know, and I saw some stuff today about Ryan Barletta saying, don't do baked in no more. And, you know, all these things. And I'm just like, that's a whole nother yeah. content topic. But it's like yeah. 90. Okay. Yeah. It's this move towards doing everything is dynamic ad insertion. Right. right. And, you but, know, okay. But, but here's the thing. And, and this is, this, this is the thing that can't get through people's heads. And no one wants to admit it. And we've said, I've said this number a thousand times on this show. 90% of podcasts globally get 90% of their lifetime downloads in the first 96 hours. Mm -hmm. So why am I going to change a model that has worked for 18 years for 90% of the shows that bake something in, leave it in a, a show that doesn't have long tail has no reason to go in and rebuild a podcast. Right. No reason. None. Zero. Well, it does kind of tend to cut out uh, maybe some methodologies that maybe smaller shows can do to monetize too. you know, go out and sell sponsorship or something like that and not have to use this advanced technology to, to run a sponsorship campaign in their show. And, Just and the do, a, do a host endorsement. And, and who are we feeding? We're feeding the machine that's coming up with all this crap yeah. that yeah. is now scoring shows right and deciding what's brand safe and what isn't it's broke current in in the in the examples i have seen so far it's broke no no one's talking about most podcasters are not that i'm sure they're running on some of these platforms have no idea the scoring their shows have been given by whatever platform they're integrated with and if they knew if they had access to that, maybe they do. And maybe they're self-censoring. Scary times. 
that people are making modifications to their show because they're afraid they're going to offend an advertiser. Right. And they changed the terminology to describe this. I I know when we talk about this, we talk about as brand safety, um, which is true. And that's brand suitability, but now it's brand suitability, right? Which, which kind of diffuses the emotional aspect. Well, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so it just kind of takes the emotion out of it because people have an emotional reaction to being safe or being unsafe. Right. (laughs) Right. So if you say suitability, that's like, okay, we all feel good about this. Well, until, until your suitability is a D or E or an F. Right. Or you're, you know, you're at the wrong end of the, of the chart. Right. And if you say Elon Musk on your show, you automatically make the next five minutes of your podcast non-suitable based upon some a logarithm that someone has programmed into it that deems Elon Musk is uh, toxic at this point for advertisers. Yeah. And when you have it, that's a very political view. Right. Look at Elon Musk objectively. He's not a really that partisan. He's how's your Tesla stock price doing pretty good. Isn't it? It's doing okay. (laughs) That's right. And my car is actually doing, doing wonderful. I haven't had any problems with it. (laughs) So, so this is where I get leery yeah. of some of this tech, because again, the small percentage of shows that are going to be using this. And as soon as you drag smaller shows into it, then you, you change the dynamic of the podcasting space forever. And it's not a good thing. This is well, why and I think Todd, the bigger agenda here is we are starting to turn over kind of human thought and human processes to a computer to do for us if you so choose right and and your example that you gave about the bias of that platform so so at the end of the day are we going to see a chat gpt r and a chat g (laughs) chat gpt d right so if you're a republican and you use the chat GPTR. If you're a Democrat, use the chat GPDD. And I, I, I hope we don't get there. Well, let's hope that uh, people understand that they still have a brain and right. that, that mushy, and that, that mushy matter between our ears is may not be as fast as some of this AI stuff, but it's still hopefully until everyone gets programmed. So and I think that's what was, you know, that letter that was put out by all those AI scientists, um, cautioning that we, we should put on a pause on the development of this technology was, was really driven based on concerns around, um, AGI, which is the, the artificial general intelligence capability of other platforms other than chat GPT. Because there are other AI right, platforms right. that are being developed out there that are not public. So, so here's um, here's the the bone on that. China's not going to stop. No, 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 yeah. and they're they're not going to stop. There's and no, Russia's not going to stop. No. And and, and well, in Korea's some, not going to stop. In and, some right. national lab in the United States, they're not going to stop. Mm-mm. No, it's a, it's a national. It's a, it's probably a DOD project. Oh, I'm sure it is. Oh, I right? bet. Yeah. Cause there's, I love to be right into issues. that. There's national security <laughs> issues around this technology. So I, yeah, I, 
it's going to be hard to put a pause on it, but it is a little bit of a red flag to me to see that many AI scientists raising their hand going, we're a little concerned here right? about the direction of this and how out of control it could get. Oh, um, I, I don't, I don't think it, there's, it's going to, it's going to escalate to there's something serious that happens and maybe we'll all be dead, you know? So, um, it's, it's, it's hard to say what's going to happen. You know, it's maybe we're, it could uh, be a couple of years, 10 years out, who knows before we really see the full implications of this. But, um, clearly if there's computer intelligence that is, is far beyond human intelligence, um, and that artificial intelligence has controls into all sorts of elements of the economy and the infrastructure and all that stuff, you can see how that, that yeah. could kind of cause a problem for humans. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the, the internet of things becomes an internet of weapons. <laughs> so, so it's interesting. It's, as we talk about this, I just got an invite to an AI insider summit. This is a invitation only event with limited capacity. So how did they get my name? that thought I would be wanting to go to the location where they say, please do not advertise where this is at. So it's just like, okay. So, so is it a podcast no, related thing or no, just general a, AI? Cause I'm an, okay. you know, I've been talking about it in my show and geek and nerd now. So I ended up on some list. Mm -hmm. Um, and just, I mean, literally the email just came in 13 minutes ago as it, as I'm looking at my inbox. So it's, you know, okay. So who, who derived that I would be a good candidate to come to this, uh, this insider summit? Probably AI. Right. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> but going to buy me an airline ticket too, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. But I don't think that uh, you're really talking about AI back in, uh, September of 2001. No, so, no. So, so that's the, so what model did they pull that from? Right. So I, I, again, from a podcasting standpoint, here's the key. An AI is not. Maybe if you have it write you a script, maybe it'll make you a better podcaster. You know, it, but, but. I guess it could, Todd, depending but, on how unskilled you are. But, you know, maybe it's good for writing talking points about a particular topic if you are in a niche. But again, please, we have to use our own brains here. Keep personal. Don't we don't want to turn into bots? And we really, or really don't. Just, just tools of the AI, right. which I think is the is yeah. the bigger worry. Is that all? All we do is we don't think for ourselves anymore. We just rely on the artificial intelligence to think for us, and that's and and I will and I you know I'm kind of watching to see if something. So one of the experiments I'm doing with ChatGPT four is I feed it something. Mm-hmm. And then I come back two or three days later and I ask it about what I fed it in a new query. And uh, I try to figure out, did it learn from what you gave it before? From what I gave right. it, you know? So, you know, it, so far it doesn't appear to have. But yeah, the, I don't believe that it's processing new information, but I can't imagine that it isn't capturing all these queries. Right, right. And then, so here's the thing. All right, let's say. Well, let me go put my evil hat on. Let's say as a business intelligence standpoint, I ask it someday, 
what is certain certain competitor doing in the podcasting space to build a competitive edge against my company? And what if someone at that other company has been using this to feed information about what they're doing and helping it to derive ideas? Will that give me business intelligence back that it's learned about the company? Will it give me trade secrets? Dun, da, da, da. So we better be careful about what we feed it. Right. Because will it take that information and then because you've, you've contributed it voluntarily, will it then put out information to uh, someone else? They... So I, know, I don't get a sense right now that that's how it works. Well, um, okay. I mean, it, it may in the next iteration, it may have stored that data and is part of the data set that gets processed for GPT five. But does anybody or know if it's actually, don't you're, 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 we're part of their experiment to train this thing. So I'm sure it's taking I, our inputs yeah. and so, you it's know, it's just like with the, with the Tesla cars, you drive the car around. I enabled the button for feedback. all my videos yeah. to be uploaded to Tesla. So they're gathering information about all the roads that I drive on and why would you do that? that why would you feed this? Why would you allow them to have that information, Rob? Come on now. To help train the, the, the platform to be able to know enough to be able to drive the car for me. So do you have uh, maps turned on in your Google phone so that it tracks everywhere you go? I, I'm not that, 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 that concerned about it. Okay. It's, I mean, it's, I don't, I'm not paranoid about that stuff. Um, but, but then on the other hand, you know, maybe I should be, but I'm currently not, I'm, I'm trying to learn from this as much as I can about how this works. And I, I'm also seeing signs in this vehicle that will that give me a little glimpse into the future um, of what we're probably going to see in a lot of other technology deployments um, of of this advanced capability. Where you know, I I think a big thing that we're going to see is is technology is going to be used to enforce the law mm. um, in a greater degree than what we currently have seen. Um, so, as I see this car, you know, if I put it on autopilot, the car will only drive five miles an hour over the speed limit. Right. And it won't go over that. Well, so just, just think about that as you think about what the future might look like. If say, let's say the government decides to, you can't drive a car anymore. You have to, it has to be on autopilot. Well, or it has to be on full self-driving as a requirement. He, then, he, when it, that means you can't speed anymore. Well, when it comes to all of this AI stuff, I'm not going to put anything into it that I wouldn't want a competitor to know about because I don't know what's happening with that collection of that data. Yeah, well, so from a, from a podcast production standpoint, I could care less, you know, I can just, but from a, from a business standpoint, mm-hmm. and we're getting a little off the train here a little bit, but it's for sure something to think about. You know, what, what if all of a sudden people, a lot of podcasters are using this and you ask the AI, give me five ideas that are being circulated right now as top podcast ideas. And all of a sudden it spits out five new show names. You pick one of them. It's not available. Then the next thing you know, someone send you an email saying, Hey, we, we had this show in development. How, how did, where did you get your information for this show idea? 
So I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I I don't trust this thing completely. Yeah, and and if you think about it right now, the podcast hosting platforms, they don't really do any content moderation um on the on the publishing side. No, um, I would so, but right. But I'm not going to use AI to do content moderation. I'm not no, going to do that. No, but what's happening with the these these brand suitability platforms, whatever, no. is they're they could be used in that method, right? Where they analyze the the show and say, sorry, you can't publish this because it has it violates the the rules that we have <laughs> in our content policy, right. right? Because it's analyzed it and it's scored it, right? Based right. on this this GARM that exists right right now that's being used at YouTube and and yep. other platforms that it could say, sorry, you can't publish this. Well, thank God uh, advertisers don't drive the majority of podcasters' lives. Right. And that's that's the trade-off that we're we're looking at with this brand suitability, brand safety stuff, is that it could be used in that way, and it may in the future. And this is uh, why we have, have no way of predicting that. This is why we have value for value. This is why uh, we can get direct response to this show by people that are listening on a new podcast app at (laughs) podcastapps.com. And it's, you know, I. Not perfect, but you know, all these things are, I think are probably likely coming. I, I I just don't know when and how much resistance is going to be put against them under what time frame, And are people even going to un- understand what's happening here to be able to put up a resistance against it? Um, so I, you know, or is it just going to happen? Like what has happened with our mobile phones today? Well, I think what will really happen is, is that in uh, 10 years, because the way this thing is headed, you know, it, it, the story I, I may, I don't, I think I told, maybe I told this before when I was in the Navy, I wanted this particular feature and the group we were working with told me it was 10 years away. And then, uh, when GPUs came on the scene, that time frame changed from 10 to three years and it was very, very expensive in those early days. I mean, I mean, like, I mean, like in the millions of dollars for an implementation. And then as time has advanced now, the cost has come down to the point where the employment of that is that of, you know, you know, like one, one hundredth of the cost. And so this is the same thing that's going to happen with this technology. It's really, really expensive right now. It's, it takes a lot of resources. And then at some point it'll be right here it'll be right in the phone and you'll have to choose whether or not you want help or not. And it'll be baked into all the services we use. And then we become, just droids of the, of the machine. And, um, right. yeah. Todd, did you also see this company called ad Adthos? Um, that is actually creating, it's the world's first broadcast quality AI generated audio advertising. Oh, really? Yes. What's the name of it? Uh, it's called ad those T H O S. Yeah. A D T H O S.com. Seems like they would have a .ai domain name. Yeah, well, they're they're .com, but it's uh, you can go in and select uh, a language. Uh, it l- looks like Dutch, English, um, 
German and Chinese currently. You can auto-generate it and then select the the type of voice. It can be default, urban, gold, or platinum. I'm not quite sure what those well, designations I'm are. I'm sure this is going to be, uh, they're out of the Netherlands. Right. But they they will auto-generate um, ads for you with the, you know, with the talent. So I guess what, I don't know what they've done is they've gone out and worked with a bunch of um, pro voiceover talent and created a bunch of clones of voiceover talent. And they're now enabling one to auto-generate the ads. Yeah, based that's, on, that's just what we need right here. Someone to uh, generate our ads for us with a bot. Yep. And they actually sound, you know, they, they sound pretty good. I mean, okay. some of the voices sound pretty, pretty believable. All right, let's get a voice here. Here's one. Rocco. Yeah, welcome. Come in. What a nice. The listing didn't mention Rocco and his mankini. You that's, like? That's He's horrible. a sexy guy, no? And the inflatable crop. Three things you'll never hear at Orange Personal Fit. That's okay, Mrs. Jones. It just has this overlay music that's horrible. Why do they do that? I mean, it's still a little on the rough side, but, you know, some of them are... You sure it's country night? Yeah, Mondays are karaoke, Tuesdays are sports, Wednesdays are Don Ho nights, which means tonight is disco night. Then you should make your night spot Orange Shoes Saloon. Yee-haw! 99.95 per campaign. So, uh, not inexpensive to use. No, but it's not inexpensive to, to hire voice talent either. Well, podcasters shouldn't be hiring voice talent. They should be their own voice talent for their ads. Right. right. Yeah. So, well, not surprised. And those probably came from original voices. Someone probably read a whole bunch of copy and. Yep. It's probably, yeah. I wonder if I just got a copyright violation. <laughs> <laughs> so, sure. It, it's not the first time. Add those. <laughs> Oh, they're using a Spartan helmet on there. Oh, that's kind of funny. Yeah. But, uh, hmm. well, I don't know. We'll see. So what else is going on in the podcasting space, Rob? You've had your head down meeting with a lot of people. Anything exciting? Yeah, I've, I, I've just been talking to a lot of folks trying to, you know, I, I'm now able, and I think I've said this on the episode before, I'm now able to dig into a lot of the other hosting platforms and have a better idea of how they work. You know, I was able to spend time with the Buzzsprout folks and, and I've gotten demos from Spreaker and, and others out there too, that are kind of showing me their back in and mm-hmm. what their strengths and their weaknesses are and what's going on. So I can be much more knowledgeable about competitors out there. Cause you know, working for one platform, you tend to be, be a little siloed into that platform. Um, and, a lot of people don't share a lot with you unless you can get access somehow to another podcast that's hosted somewhere else. It's, it's a little hard to see what the competitors are doing. So, right. Yeah. There was an interesting thing and I, I don't understand, uh, what, what was put in the, let me, we got a boost that came in. Mike Dell says, sounds terrible. Like a robot. AI. Well, some of them do have that kind of feeling to them. Yeah. I agree. I agree with you. So 
I don't know if, 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 hey, here, let me do this before we get in there. Don't eat me, James Cridland. So I don't know if James got his wires crossed or what, but in the, in the email that came out today, he said, uh, the 27th annual Webby Awards nominees have been announced. Voting for the People's Choice Podcast Awards kickoff today. There's only one People's Choice Podcast Awards. That's podcastawards.com. So I don't know if someone's doing a trademark violation or what, but he's a new award. Webby Podcast Company Year will recognize the company with the most nominations and wins across the podcast categories. Organizations include Audible, Wondery, Wit, Wait What, and iHeart. Of course, they all paid $300 or $400 to enter. But devoting for the People's Choice Podcast Awards are not kicking off today. That doesn't happen until July 1st. So I don't understand, unless the Webby Awards are, are, are stealing my, my tagline here. I, and I went to look for it, and I just didn't see anything on the Webby site that showed that they called this a people's choice. I don't believe that they actually are call, using that word, Todd. I think they're using a different word to describe that. Yeah. I saw that as well. And yeah. I don't think that they're actually using so, that specific word. So I don't know where that came from because this is the podcast awards and the Webby awards are two complete separate entities. Yeah. So, and it was funny because I had run an ad today talking about registration being open. Um, so I don't know if he just got his wires crossed, saw my ad, and then somehow some copy got in there. I, I don't know, but um, it's just a, a little, a little, it was a little weird to me when oh, I read okay. that this morning. Okay. I think you're, you're reading it with a certain vision to it. It says people's voice. Oh, people's voice. Right. Oh, yeah. It's not. Not choice. It's voice. Voice. Oh, isn't that funny how the brain does that? Yeah. I saw that and I just said, I saw people's and then I immediately threw the word choice in there. Well, I I stand corrected. Oh, it's close. It's close. But it kind of means the same thing. It's different. No, it's not. It's completely different. Voice and choice is, you know, that there's two different things there. But yeah, it did kind of throw me for us. I was like, what? You know, I was like, so it's kind of weird how the brain tricks you like that and i i that's the third time i read that so my apologies there uh don't eat me james cridland <laughs> boy it's it's really convenient to have that little sound clip isn't it, it? it is it's absolutely <laughs> and um so yeah and you just watch the news lately it's been kind of kind of slow kind of slow it's been a little bit uh you know not a lot going on here how did you see the the little the the post that James put out um, on the discussion on the show? Yep, that we had around alternate enclosures. Yep, and here's here's my response to that. Still not doing it, and here's the reason why: we have an internal policy that we will never ever modify podcasters' audio content. What they upload to us is what they upload to us. I'm not repurposing, not reconditioning, not re-encoding to make alternate enclosures automated on our system. Not doing it. You know how much more money that costs to do that? How much added cost that adds to if I was to do that? Some podcast hosts do. When they when the audio gets yeah. uploaded to them, they dumb it down. They they, redu- they yeah, exactly. If, and it's and sometimes it's 
it's a way to maintain the the business model too, because some podcasters will upload, let's say, a, a very two hundred fifty six k. Yeah, they don't know any different, right? And it, I believe Buzzsprout does this, uh, and Spreaker has done it in the past too, where they will take there's like a a maximum file format um, that they have on the platform that they support. I right? you know I so saw the uploaded it, it trans transcodes it. Believe me, I understand every angle long right. before he published that post of what's possible and what you can do and how you can make it easy. It's just an internal policy of ours. We never have touched content creators audio. You, we, you know, because guess what they do? They go thermal nuclear on you. But Todd, that may be a legacy perspective too. Uh, okay. I mean, I, I mean, I, I worked at Spreaker for a very long time and Spreaker had that philosophy too. And you look at Buzzsprout today, but that's, uh, but Buzzsprout I don't think makes that, that a lot public. Of people are pushing back on that. But pub, buzz, people that host at Buzzsprout know they do that. They have opted in to have their audio jacked to it. Or, or they just don't know any better. That, that's the, that's the other truth. Well, that's, that's, uh, that's a sad statement right there. Well, yeah, but it's also indicative of where we are in the medium right now. Uh, there's increasing numbers of people getting into the medium that want to get into the medium that are just not that technically um, knowledgeable about all these little details. Yeah. Like, you know, mono versus stereo. Sure. Sure. We, 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 we could opt, we could opt them in. Yeah. We could opt them right. in and do all this, but again, right. say we're going to save all this bandwidth. I don't believe that. In the least. Is it? Right. Because I don't want to, okay, we're not doing it. Someone who wants to do it, go ahead, please. Go ahead and lead the way and yeah. spend all the development time and, and make that happen. And, uh, um, but I, we're not doing it. I don't care if there's a use case at this point. We're not doing it. A year, maybe we'll do it but I'm not doing it now. Yeah. Well, I guess if, if the, you know, and really the issue was more about multiple enclosure support, right? Right. So, so let's say you want to upload a audio version and a video version, of your show into one feed. Right. Um, that that's a possibility, right? If you had support for multiple enclosures, but if you're already doing an audio and video, you have separate feeds already. So why? Yeah, but that's that. That I mean, it is true that you are going to be splitting your audience right into two feeds instead well, that, of. That's the way everyone that everyone today that does an audio and video true podcast. Well, that's how it's been it's, done right. historically. But I think James's point was is is that let's aggregate the consumption of a show into one feed. Okay, so the audience. Yeah. Well, again, two apps supporting that ability to split it. You're yeah. still going to have to have, that's my point. You're still well, going to have to have a standalone feed for Apple and everyone else. You, well, if you are a true video podcast and have an audio podcast, you still, no matter what happens, let's say I turn on alternate closures today, boom, mm -hmm. it's on. You still have to have two feeds. You still have to have two feeds. Why is that? Okay, then throw away Apple Podcasts. You have, well, 
that's a secondary discussion to this, which is support for for those tags being recognized, right? But again, so I still it's the same it's the same core issue that, that right. exists around the podcast standards project. Right? Oh, I know, it's, but but the thing is, right. I can get easier adoption on any of these other features on other stuff. This is not a battle I need to fight at this point. Well, I would like to see video podcasts come back more. Well, we, what I mean, but, than what but we've people seen. are using video podcasts already. And most people that have a video podcast, put them up on YouTube. So, know, so but that's, <laughs> but if you think about it, that feed could be fed to YouTube. Not all podcast hosts in. will support video podcasts. There's only a few of us that actually support video podcasts. They were the ones that were the platforms that existed in, in the early first five years of podcasting. Right. So if I'm supporting a small number of shows that are doing video podcasts and I'm not going to touch other people's audio, again, mm -hmm. it doesn't make no sense. Yeah. From a business perspective, it doesn't make any sense. James doesn't have to support it. Doesn't have to explain it. Doesn't have to educate it. He yeah, doesn't have to do the that. Same argument for a lot of the tags, but this stuff being, is okay. Being, being, being proposed right now of, by the of course, but that's new. Project. That's right. new stuff. We have a solution already for audio and video podcasts. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. This is already established. I don't have to retrain folks on a on a new tech new tech. These this is already this is already a solution that works. We're talking about new stuff. We're adding new stuff. I think we're forcing people to to think more about just putting it up on YouTube then great. Just do a video podcast, have a video podcast feed that's going to have to go to Apple. You have to have an audio feed that's going to have to go to Apple if you want to be on Apple. And yes, if you want to work with another host that provides one feed, two things where you can be in two apps, great. Then your only video podcast is only going to be in two apps. It's not going to be an Apple podcast. You still have to have a second feed to be an Apple podcast. That's my point. Well, yeah. I mean, unless Apple supports it, right. It, they will never support alternate enclosures. You can't even get them to admit the stuff they are supporting now. Well, I don't know that we know that for sure. Cause it's never, it's never been done. So, I mean, Apple may look at it and say, well, that means that we, we can ingest just one feed. Well, when I talk to, when I the, talk to Apple next time, I'll ask them. Yeah, I would. Ask them, I mean, are they open to the idea of having a multiple enclosure RSS feed? It may simplify. But again, process. the listeners, then you have more choices that makes confusion factor ads for the listener. The listeners know they're getting the video podcast when the show says video. They know they're getting audio and it says audio. They're going to have one app and they're going to say, oh, I got to click back and forth between audio and video. Well, it's an option, right? Okay. Well, again, I mean, I mean, in the early days of podcasting, as, as we both know, you know, there were different bitrate versions of the video podcast. I know that the, was it the audio three platform and, and, yep. and, and twit, uh, for many years had like four different RSS feeds right. for each of their formats. Sure. Right. So they had an MP3 file, uh, feed. Yep. They had a low mid. Yep. And high bitrate version of their video those, that they those, would put out. That's, that's by bygone time. 
No, it is, but it is an example of what James is talking about here. Where we're putting that all into one feed does does make a little bit of sense. Well, for, it, for me, it, that ship has sailed. You're not going to convince me at this point to to, to implement it. It's just because okay. because yeah. you still the the key is you still have to maintain two feeds. With everything else that we have done so far in the podcasting two point initiative, it's in addition to what's in the existing feed. Right. So this uh, new features into existing feed. Mm-hmm. If everyone tomorrow says we're going to switch to have one feed have both audio and video in it, yep, we'll do it. But okay. that's not the case. I still have to maintain two feeds if you're truly doing video podcast. In the short run, right. I agree with you. Yeah. And do I want to have to explain that to a content creator that already his technical knowledge is, is, is not that high? It's a, it's a huge support issue. Huge. I think it's, it's the same argument for every new tag that's in the podcasting 2.0. But initiative. again, I'm not, cre- I'm not causing duplicate work. It's all in one feed. Yeah, of course it's education. But I want to educate on that stuff and not have to fix something that isn't broke. Or do we not want to host video files? Oh, most podcast hosts don't. I know, but as a podcast hosting platform, does this mean that you don't want to host video files because it's too expensive? Oh, it is expensive. So, of course, that's why I mean, most... Is that the real reason? That's I why most podcast question. hosts don't do it. Right. You get a big At show. Least the more modern ones. If you think about after probably any podcast host that launched probably or started up prior to make maybe 2009, mm-hmm doesn't support video. And let's really think about it based upon at least my model and Libsyn's model and some others. Mm-hmm. The storage component precludes people from doing video unless they go to a pro plan, which then they have to pay for the bandwidth. And on some of the platforms, uh, that's expensive plan. That's and right. I know on at, at, at Libsyn, the, I think the only plan that you can get that supports video I think it's like 70, 69, $79 a month. All of our plans support video, but it really gets into the pro plan where you can have unlimited storage and it's, you know, that base is at a hundred dollars a month, but then you have to pay for the bandwidth. You get a certain allotment, but you know, because we have customers that are on audio that do so it is an economics question, yeah, yeah, they, really, they, more than it is a technical question oh, or, but, or, a, or a deployment question. Because the, the other option that we could do, too, is to have a, an enclosure, or not enclosure tag, but a tag that would link to a YouTube video. Right? Well, it won't physically link to a It would be the embed. Yeah. Yeah. It could be an embed, but that that url pathway or whatever could be embedded in the rss feed well the the taken and displayed in they the could display it in a player with a youtube player right. yeah or right. any other normal embed javascript embed right. or whatever for sure right. but then again it's uh it's not a podcast anymore it's just a show because you can't store it on your phone and listen to it on the airplane or watch it on the airplane yeah i just so. feel a lot of um, interest and a lot of pressure building around increasing numbers of podcasters wanting to do video you know you start looking at Streamyard and you're thinking sure. at riverside and all that stuff like that and those are becoming but, increasingly where people go but 99 percent of them are just doing 
live streaming like we're on YouTube and they're not doing anything else with a video for a podcast perspective. Yeah, I don't know what the numbers are on that, but it's, yeah. It's I mean, not, right. it, and it's not available as a true, true, it's not available on Apple Podcasts. That's the key. If, if you're doing video and it's not available on Apple Podcasts, then you just have a show, a video show. Technically. But increasingly, people are calling those YouTube shows Again, podcasts. technically. Look at what, <laughs> look at what the uh, YouTube just did. They created a whole section in there. Yawn. Called podcasts. Right. Right? So. So. So things may be changing. Well, again, it's uh, most of the shows that are in that podcast area are video. So nothing has changed there. Yep. At least, you know, they're still rolling stuff out. So time will tell. But Yeah, and, and, and who knows when the audio portion of this gets actually rolled out, too. And I'm looking There's at this. I'm that. looking at it today. And once again... Video, 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 video. No, no audio, no audio. And if you see any, what looks like audio, it's actually not, it's actually audio that's been converted into a video file. <laughs> so yeah, well, there's, it, it, yeah, well, I'm, I'm hovering over these, I'm, here, I'm like, hovering over these and these are all actual as far as I know, there is no pure audio on YouTube. Right. Currently. Unless it's music. So, yeah. And it's all yeah. streamed, too. It's not yeah, I'm, no I'm, downloading going on. Right. There might be a few here that, because I'm hovering over something here, and it's not. It's not video. It's not it's coming like up video. Still, it's like a still image kind of thing. Well, let me go over here to the lot. Oh, um, oh, yep. That is, that's still video. Yep. So on the YouTube side, it's, you have to have, if you want to be in the YouTube podcast area, you have to have video still. So. So is that one there a, a video too? Yeah. The one you just had on the screen? Yeah, I'm hovering over them and you can okay. see the. I guess you could probably do a, a podcast and then have a um, just have a loop of ducks walking across the screen or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I think you could be animated. Yeah, just right? just have some ducks, but you know, some of them will have like a like a wave that is waving. So you know, it, it is what it is. You know. Again, I'm, I'm not too worried about it at this point. I just have to keep on educating. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you want to talk more about the podcast standards project or uh, nothing really share anything. Nothing really there to announce yet. You know, it's just some conversations going on behind the scenes about. Well, at least I'm trying to get some conversations going on behind the scenes. Let's get organized and. Yeah. There is it's going to be interesting to see what the scope of that organization uh, evolves into, too. What areas is it going to be? You know, is it the same issue with like the podcast academy? Is it is it catering to the needs of the industry, or is it? Well, that's what it's an industry group. It's you know, so yeah. 
But, if, oh, we've got a few more participants. Uh, so, again, it remains Blueberry Buzzsprout, Captivate, Red Circle, RSS.com, Transistor, at some point, Acast, at some point, Castos, Curiocaster, okay. Podfriend, Podverse, Dental.fm, coming soon, Pocket Cast. Oh, and of course, Media Partner, Pod News. <laughs> so, again, coming soon. They haven't been certified yet. They haven't made, they haven't got to the first level of the requirements that was set forth by the group to be AKA a certified podcast. Mm -hmm. So they, they've committed to doing that, but they are, those features are not yet in their platforms. Yeah. I think that's, you know, It's something that, uh, yeah, when ACAST gets their stuff online, yeah, it'll be a big bump because, you know, they'll have, again, but the tags they have to implement are, you know, some of the harder ones to educate on. So a few, one of them is. I mean, ACAST is a, is a significant player in oh, the industry, yeah. but they're certainly not hosting the, the largest number of shows. So as far as the impact across they have a lot of high-end shows. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're shows that are, you know, highly impactful and to be, but they're not on the scale of, you know, Spotify for podcasters. Oh yeah. They changed the, the name. They've dropped anchor. So that's great. I don't know. Is it? Mm -hmm. They've kind of shed that baggage. Yeah, I think it's good. So, so I think what the number two platform now, as far as numbers of shows, I, I guess is Buzzsprout, right? Uh, yep. Yep. They picked up a lot of newer shows. I think they showed on their website that they were picking up, I think, uh, like 4,000 new shows a month or something like that. That's a big number. It is a big number right now. But they're yeah. spending massive amounts of money on SEM. So on online marketing, right? Yeah. Every search you do, they're there's they're, and it's paying off for them, obviously. I I predicted they were spending half a million a month on SEM. That's yeah. that's a big number. It says um Podcast top podcast hosting companies by episode share in March of 2023. It looks like Spotify for podcasters has 23.1% of um, new episodes published. Right. And Buzzsprout drops down dramatically down to 9.2% mm -hmm. of all episodes published in March. And uh, Spreaker's number three at 6.5%. And Omni Studio, which I was surprised to see them this high up in that chart, it's 4.8%. And Lipson brings up the top five at 4.7%. Yeah. So they're, they're neck and neck with Omni Studio, which I was surprised because I thought Omni Studio was pretty a pretty small hosting platform. Well, it, uh, you know, I guess. Just larger shows, I guess. Yeah. Or ones that are publishing more frequently. Right. Be the, <laughs> a better way of saying it, which tends to be, I think Omni Studio tends to cater a lot to a radio show or radio type podcasts. Um, 
So that may be the answer to that. There's a lot of radio shows that are like five days a week. So, and then Megaphone is number six at 4% and Podbean is number seven. Well, if you Megaphone, you might as well, that's the same as, as essentially the same as Spotify. I mean, not same as Spotify, but same as, well, it's yeah. the same company, right? Yeah. But um, it, it's two different platforms, though. Yep. Yeah. Time will so, tell what happens. Yeah. Definitely. But that list is long. There's. Oh, I know. It's huge. There's like uh, 231 platforms that. 231? That's crazy. No, no. Two, 232. The last one. At 232 is Radio New Zealand. And I guess this is all done by John Spurlock. So I guess he's the one that created the script that tracks this, I guess. Yeah, like John. John's a good dude. Yeah. So let's uh, real quick here look at uh, where the numbers are at. Actually, let me go load my Slack channel here. Got to find my link. Let's see here. I go over here and grab this. And let me see here. Is this the one I want? Uh, maybe. No, but I don't want that one. I want the raw data. Well, okay, here we go. Um, up a little bit. Pod, uh, podcast with new episodes last 30 days, 387,000. Um, new podcast. Okay. So yeah, that's a, that's up about 20. So that's in the last 30 days, publish yeah. an episode in the last 30 days. Yeah, it's up a little. 120, 400,000. Yeah, 232,000, almost 224,000 last seven days. But the number that still remains way, way off is uh, 471,739 podcasts with new episodes in the last 60 days. There's 12,794 with the value block, 27,000 with the transcript block, 34,000 podcasts with the funding block, 16,000 podcasts with the chapters block, 74 podcasts with the medium of music, 8120 podcasts with a medium of video. So basically there's a now there's a new medium tag that some people are implementing. We'll have that here soon. Um 2.2 million new podcast episodes in the last 30 days. So there is a bit of a, if you look at it, it there's a little bit of a bump um, in a couple of areas. So last 30 days, that number is, appears to be climbing. So let me see here. Is that the, you know, we want to do the blue line. So we've seen a, a bump over like, March 14th, 376, and then we're up in the 380s. So, yeah, so there is a bit of an upswing, which is a good sign. Last 14 days is pretty flat. Uh, last 10 days is, it looks like it's steadily, it looks like it's climbing a little bit. But we definitely hit a hole. There was a big hole right around the New Year's. It's, you know, that's kind of normal, too, where people take yeah. off from, the, from Christmas through about the 10th. Those that produced mm -hmm. during those times, boy, they, they made bank. Um, let's see, what is this one? Yeah, and this number about the last three days, if you go back and look to 2022 November, 
last three days peak was about 117 and right now it's about 124 so a little bit of a, a little bit of an increase and a continued increase of funding increase of transcripts increase of chapters value block that's all climbing but uh feed count changes continue to probably some cleanup was done there again but again it's uh new feeds on a day basis, uh, let's see, is that a day? Yeah, about 1,600 new feeds a day, as high as 2,000, so. We're doing good. And these are new episodes in the last X number of days, so. Still pretty flat. Yeah. Yeah, Todd, did you see the article in Vanity Fair about yeah. podcasting? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Talk about someone that doesn't have a clue. Right. The dumb money is gone. Yeah. Is podcast boom going to bust? I'm talking about 4 million podcasts. I'm like, yeah, you got that right. <laughs> Fewer acquisitions, smaller budgets, diminishing deal making. That's but all true. Not all bad. Great for independent content creators. They don't have a budget. Absolutely fabulous for them. There's been no recession among listeners, they say. Oh, and the listeners are growing. Yes. And there's still more room to grow. Of course. Famous, you know, that's just how it goes with podcasting right now because, uh, you know, it's like one of those things when we're on, we're on. And when we're, uh, you know, when they think we're we're slacking off, then... Always do the opposite. Right, Todd? Yep. So lots of people take time off during the holidays. Yep. Todd's out there saying, ramp it up, baby. That's right. Keep on cranking. Keep on cranking. So when the economy's down, now's the time to get going with a new show. But there is all all, all the big guys are resting on the sidelines right now. Yep. It's time to go, go, go. Nothing's changed there. Of course, we've been telling this audience that for a while. Yeah. So you've had any epiphanies when you're talking to any of these companies? Like, oh, wow, that's cool. Or just kind of like, oh, okay. There's not a lot of yeah. differentiator between companies at this point. No, that's true. That's right. But there, but there definitely are differences. Um, and there's definitely differences in the philosophy towards publishing podcasts that is quite different amongst all the platforms. Hmm. Um, so, you know, it's, it's difficult, I think for somebody that's new to podcasting to look at all of them and say, well, which is the right one for me? Right. You know, it, I, I think it's a hard choice to do that based on just looking at the website. Well, that's why they just pick one off the Google search. Yeah. what's also, I think, a, definitely a recommendation. It's the same thing that has grown the podcast listening side is personal recommendation. Yep. You know, a friend telling a friend, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's what grows the podcast, uh, hosting platforms probably as much as anything. That's true. Yeah. So it's based on another podcaster that had a good experience on a particular platform. That's, that's where the existing podcast hosting platforms have an advantage because they, they have a reputation, they have a network of 
shows that have been using them for a long time. And if somebody new asked them, you know, who do you recommend? Well, you know, go to Blueberry or go to Lipson right, or right. go to Pos- uh, Buzzsprout or whoever. Yep. Right. And I have a hard time now that I'm not aligned with any platform to say, well, you know, this is the best platform for you and this, this one or that one. I tend to now just say, you know, I would go look at these three or these four and mm-hmm. pick the one that, you know, looks the best to you. I can share details on how each one of them work, but I think a lot of people are price conscious right now and some platforms support free and, but I have the philosophy that free is not necessarily the best way to get into podcasting because it, it puts you in a situation where you, you have a way out, right? You can say, well, I didn't pay for this, so I'm not going to keep going. That's why most of those free platforms have a sea of dead. Yeah. So it's, it's an easy way to quit. If you don't have to commit. We've always said that uh, we're not going to compete on price. We're going to compete on features and tools and customer support and all those things that go along with it. And that is why, you know, even though we're now nowhere near the biggest podcast host, that's why we have incredible uh, sustainment rate. That's, you know, our shows come over and podcast for years. They don't come over and podcast for weeks. Yeah, that's exactly what you want as a platform. And you know, know the churn rate being very, very low. And uh, when the churn rate is low, then you know you can make predictions on where you're going to be in two years. Um, you know, so that's you don't know, eat uh, a, the entire horse in a day. You know, so it's it's one of those things. Yeah, and all of the hosting platforms are are concerned around you know churn, mm-hmm. right? Which is basically an internal term for podcasters that start and then pod feed uh, right. and close their accounts or whatever and stop producing. So, or don't get even, or don't even get to episode one. Right. But they have an account you right. know, in the system for months on end. Yep. They, they never actually get to the published part yep. right? to the push out one episode or something. Right. There's a lot of that that happens too. And it's uh, because everyone has a grand idea they're going to do a show. And then, you know, it's like talking to a new customer today. He's been a customer for a year, but they finally got their production ready and they're ready to go. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know. Sometimes it takes a long time. I yeah. know I've been talking to new podcasters off and on occasionally for, I mean, it's not unusual to talk to somebody for a year before they actually launch their show. Right. Which to me is crazy. And I think about my yeah. journey and I launched in 24 hours. So. <laughs> And had well, I don't know that I would had, had nary that, a clue. Had nary yeah. a clue. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that I would advise that approach, but that's that's um, that's something you can do. Right? Well, you can. Yeah, there's no reason why you can't get in and create some art on Canva and come up with a name and mm-hmm. description, and you can do that probably in a couple of hours, and you're done. Yeah, and back in those days, I think I used Microsoft Paint to make my first uh, <laughs> album art. <laughs> I still use Paint. So, right. oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do well, they, st- they still make that yeah actually, actually they've been adding features to it so oh, that's funny yeah or notepad is the other one I use a lot of too and it it, it now <laughs> no, notepad in windows now has tabs I don't know if you knew that or no not. I don't but but yeah so it, it, you can have one file that has multiple tabs in it kind of like uh, Excel or whatever right so it's kind of interesting well done. Well, Rob, we are here at the end and, uh, we'll be back for one more show next week before we head off to NAB. Um, haven't heard anything about our session recording from Dan and group. So we should reach out. 
We'll see if we can uh, get a hold of that at some point. But uh, yeah, didn't he put out the all the sessions in the the app? I don't know. I didn't see any notice on that, to be honest with you. So maybe we could go in and just play that into a recorder or our, oh, maybe a roadcaster to capture it. Yeah. Hopefully it's, yeah, we'll see. You have to look for it. Okay. Um, I'm Todd at blueberry.com at geek news on Twitter. And of course, uh, just as a reminder, go over to podcastapps.com, get involved in the podcasting 2.0 ecosphere, value for value, be lit and live, uh, do all the cool things the cool kids are doing and podcasting, have fun with it. Uh, as you heard the boost come in earlier, uh, Dave Jones and Mike Dell listening live, but don't forget that people stream these shows and when as they listen and you get a uh, what can be called a live streaming sat where people are actually uh, listening by the by the minute and send sats by the minute. So uh, definitely uh, go over there and pick up one of these cool apps. I'm recommending Fountain for consumption, Podverse for live. Try them both. Give it a try, Rob. Yeah, I can be found on Twitter at Rob Greenlee. And you can send me an email if you want, rob.greenlee at gmail.com. If you want to reach out. And then I, I also have robgreenlee.com too. Now all the social platforms too. So if you want to reach out and say hi or whatever, or give us any kind of uh, feedback on the topics we talk about, and we'd be happy to talk about it on the show. Absolutely. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week here on the new media show at newmediashow.com. Go over to follow and subscribe. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye.